Being a mom is the toughest job there is, and it doesn't come with instructions. So it's okay if you don't have all the answers. We'll figure it out together. This is Mom Brain with Ilaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. You intro it. <laughs> it's hard, so hard, so hard. Um, but these two girls understand what you're dealing with. They get it. They get it. They understand you. <laughs> okay. All right. Focus. Right. Um, hey guys, guess what you found? You found another episode of Mom Brain. I'm Daphne, and I'm Ilaria. And today we are chatting with Camilla Alves McConaughey. You know her as the. Uh, brilliant founder behind womenoftoday.com, a really fun lifestyle site full of really usable, great, just, I wouldn't even call it advice, just like fun things that she's doing, great recipes, cool adventures she tried, experiences she's had. Um, that is a, a great place, a great destination online, and also um, a co-partner in Yummy Spoonfuls, which is a frozen organic toddler food line. Um, and today we're chatting about all kinds of things. I feel like she's, she always, she has this incredible soothing presence. She's, she's calm and she's wise. Oh, very wise, very wise. I, maybe she's an Aquarius. Maybe. I don't, mm. I don't know, but she's so wise and you know what it's it's interesting because you know Daphne and I we have a lot of kids um, between us but our oldest is mine who's five and so like we really are very new at this still and so I love talking to moms with with kids who are just like a little bit older than ours because I just really get to like see into the future and, and kind of gain wisdom from her so she's just she's just a really incredible sweet very, very, very lovely person. You can tell that she's a great mom and mm-hmm. a great, a great partner to her husband. Um, and uh, so we hope you enjoy. Mom, can you introduce yourself? Who is oh coming up? I know it's, it sucks. I know. We put people on the spot. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. Um, hi guys. I'm Camilla Alves McConaughey. I am from Brazil, born and raised. I am a mother of three. I should say I'm a wife first, a mother of three. Mm-hmm. Um, a businesswoman in the in the sense of the craziness that that can be, and um, I lay my heart on doing the right things in the best way possible, and um, with always an adventurous spirit. Love that. Perfect. I love all your glamour throwbacks that you've been putting up. It's like, look at all these. The pictures are stunning. But there was one in particular. You're wearing like a long, I can't remember, silver or white gown or whatever. It was like. The most magnificent photos. So You're pretty. Being kind, thank you. Usually yeah. that happens when I'm like feeling crappy. <laughs> right? And then You're you like, put it on. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's an inspiration. I, I remember can get the there. first time I saw you, we're at, uh, we're at Cannes. I feel like it was the first mm-hmm. time I went to Cannes. And she, I don't remember what you were wearing, but it was like some kind of like, I don't know, feathers or something like that going. And it, she looked like so hot. a bajillion dollars. Hot. I know. A bajillion yeah. dollars. She and reminds you like she's a, Brazilian. You're like, yeah, oh, right. You didn't see anyone else on the red carpet. And the can red carpet is really glamorous. Yep. It was just her, and she was walking there. She was so beautiful. Okay, so we were we were talking before we started recording. We were talking about baby food. Now you have three children. Three, yes. You have three children. I have four children. So we all have a lot of children, and you know, beginning to eat and nutrition is really really important. Um, my youngest, Romeo, is four, is eight months now, and he, so he just started eating. Um, and I'm somebody who I'll, I'll cook for him at home and stuff like that. Um, and both of you guys are very involved in, in making baby food. Um, so talk to me about it. Yes. I mean, you have a pure spoon. Right. Right. 
I, and and I think so. Uh, a company that I work with, Pure Spoon, is a fresh organic baby food delivery service. Yummy Spoonfuls, which Camilla, you started this company. I well, feel like my you partner were... Agatha started about ten years ago, and then we met a few years ago and kind of came together and took it to the, the next, next level. level. Yes, and made it available for you know we're available at Walmart now. Amazing. Um, in over fifteen hundred stores, but we start where you stop. So basically, at one year old and plus. Which is a really um, hard age group to tackle for prepared foods. And yours are frozen, organic, it's pre-made It's frozen, food. organic, and no preservatives, no additives. So if you think of, you know, the meal that you would cook at home, um, basically we're making it for you and then we freeze it and sell it in the stores for you. So we make sure everything, you know, it's it's really, really pure. It tastes good. Um and we have a combination of just, you know, bowls and, and, and bites. So the bites are like, it will be like the better for you, like chicken nuggets. It will be like mm-hmm. chicken broccoli bites or mm-hmm. something like that. And when you read the ingredient panel, everything that's in there, you would have in your kitchen. So that's, that was really, really important for Agatha and I to make sure that, you know, we're giving the most nutritious, practical and healthiest, you know, like clean form of, of food. Because you're right, when you get to the stage, you know, you have the baby, you're at home, you know what I mean? You have that little time that you can make food at home. And then once they get into taller stage, you're back at work, life gets on the way, mm-hmm. you have all the other kids and, and you stop get you know, you start getting into this world of chicken nuggets and mac and cheese and hot dogs and those things. And that's really, really not the nutrition that your kids need in that stage. Between age one and four, it's really fundamental of what they need in terms of nutrition. And if you really establish, establish, you know, a healthy habit during that time, they most likely are going to be adults that will have healthy habits. What I love about, it's interesting, part of what I wanted to do with Pure Spoon and, um, and creating a line of really like back to basics, the way your grandmother and mother made the recipes, again, everything you do in your own kitchen in terms of buying fresh produce, mm-hmm. peeling, pureeing, steaming, etc. Um, a, a very simple process. It's not hard, but it is repetitive and it does take time. And it's time that even though you might have more of it, then it's, um, you know, it just like, time gets away from you. It's also it's busy when they're little babies. They need a lot from you. So I thought that, you know, getting to babies at that age with really a diverse um, flavor panel, but something that they really are going to love and resonate with, that's how you start to create adventurous eaters. But once they get yes. to toddlers, you that's lose all you the work you did. The, right, unless you really you put the really time in. You really do. And you, have to fi- and you have to make sure that the meals that they're getting are, like you said, really nutritious and, and fueling their development. Um, but delicious to the point where they're not going to reject them. And exactly. that's how you keep building on that adventure. People ask all the time, I'm sure for you too, how do you deal with picky eaters? How do you work around that? What do you do to make sure your kids are getting you know, healthy vegetables especially? Because um, most kids will play around with fruit. Yeah. Although Philomena, my oldest now, like decided that she hates fruit. Um, but but <laughs> Carmen, how do you, Carmen too? It's weird. No, it's so weird. How do you hate fruit? It's nature's candy. Yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> um, so I love that you're making it easy on mom and that you're keeping it simple for the kids too. Where it's where it's it's like I'm a big fan of of you know you could say sneaking, but just adding healthy things to things I know they're gonna love. I know my kids are gonna love their mac and cheese. So I'll put pureed butternut squash in, or pureed cauliflower, pureed, pureed parsnips, or like a yeah. combo of the above. Or I'll put chopped broccoli in with the chicken to make little patties. Exactly. Um, so I think that's brilliant that you guys yeah, are making that easy exactly for mom. that's exactly what we're doing. And we're making very accessible. You know, the goal was not to make something that was just for, you know, 
you know, people that could really afford this. The goal was to really, hey, healthy food, better for you food for kids should be available for the most Everyone. amount of pa- parents as possible. So that's why we are at Walmart and it's 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 there. It's there. So everybody Yummy should go check it out. Falls. Yummy spoonfuls in the freezer aisle. Yes. Do you have picky eaters at home? My youngest is the pickiest so far. He's six. He just turned six. So I have a six, a nine, and a ten. My ten-year-old was like the dream child. Like he would just eat everything and anything. It's the child that, you know, he's cooking by himself. He comes in, makes all his smoothies, makes, you know, he's like, don't have to worry a bit. If anything, I have to be like, you know, I have a little bit of this. It's okay. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, my middle child, she's just now getting more adventures. She mm-hmm. had a thing with textures. So we had to really work on that. Um, she, When she was little, she would go to stages where she's like, I'm not eating this food in, in the dinner. Like, you know, and we'll be like, okay, then what are you going to eat? You know, she would just be like, I'm not eating. You know, And how did you deal with that? Different ways. Different ways. You know, every day was a different challenge to try to get around it. But I remember this one time, I think the thing that really broke her was to not do that anymore was that one night. I remember we're sitting there. We were kind of like out of, you know, we had already talked to her. We we tried those different ways. So I finally just went, you know what? You're not going to bed until you eat your dinner. And that's just period. And she didn't really believe us. So we all just finished our dinner and we left. And I told her, I said, you don't have to eat the whole plate. I'm not forcing you to eat this whole thing. But this is good food. We all ate it. It's nothing wrong with this food. And you're going to have to have at least a little bit of each thing in your plate. And that's it. You know, it wasn't like I was serving her, you know, slimy okra or anything like that. You know what I mean? (laughs) It was just regular food. So um, we went to bed, uh, turned all the lights off, left a little light for her in the kitchen and said, good night, we're going to bed. And I think that impression, and it took her a long time to get back up, but I think that impression of like, oh, I can't get away with it. Mm -hmm. Like really kind of, the next day she was just knocked. She wasn't complaining about it. She was trying things. So that kind of broke her a little bit that's so interesting yeah and then my youngest went to a stage where again you know talking about the baby when he was a baby he would eat everything he was a big baby and he would just eat everything and anything you put in front of him and then when he got to the taller stage he went to a stage where he just wanted to eat beans black beans that's the only oh, thing that's not bad to. fiber protein it's not bad but it's, <laughs> but like, it's one thing it's one thing so i'm like you know call him the pediatrician because you know i mean i'm worried <laughs> this is all he eats but he's just like it's fine he's gonna be fine whatever you know because we had the good foundation um, but with him, what we did was, you know, every meal, I would still put the vegetables in the plate. And we would talk about it in a fun way. We wouldn't make a big deal about it, but we just make it mm-hmm. in a fun way. Mm-hmm. And then talk about it again. Hey, you have to at least try one. Take a bite of one. Take a bite of one. And if you don't like it, you don't have to eat it all the way, but take a bite of one. And then eventually I remember that they were sitting at the dinner and he, you, he reached out to the bell pepper and just kind of took a bite. And we're like, we're like don't say anything. Like, don't, don't breathe. Don't, don't acknowledge. Don't, don't acknowledge. Yeah. And he, he took a bite and he's like, oh, you know, you can see his little face going <laughs> like this. And he took another one and he ate it. And now he eats just fine. 
Uh, we have that rule where, uh, like for Philomena, who's almost five, the big girls try everything once. And to your point, I, I always put the healthy things on their plates, on the table, there, so that it's not surprising to them. It's not yeah. off-putting to them. They see what John and I eat. They see what um, our family eats and how much food is a big part of that communal yeah. experience. I think that's probably for your daughter, too. Part of it was like, wait, hang on, everyone left and yeah. I'm here by myself. You know, tr- What am I resisting? Because I think something my grandmother said to me that has always stuck with me is... Don't make your kids resist the resist you more than the food. So when you make it a battle of wills, and, you, and these are kids when they're, they're coming into their ego, they're coming into their like, yeah. I'm resisting, I'm asserting myself, this is my choice and my body and my, you know, yeah. you don't want to make, you don't want to put your two egos at, at war. You want to have them actually see that the food is a pleasure thing and that yeah. it's a fun thing that they get. It's a privilege. Um, exactly. and, the, and the trying everything once has really been helpful because like, she feels proud of herself when she does. She tries the cauliflower, or she tries the bean dip, or she tries the bell pepper, or whatever. And she's like, "See, I tried it once. Even if she doesn't like it, she feels proud mm-hmm. of having tried it." And it's actually helped us a lot work through some of these exactly different, you know, sensitivities. We do a little competition within the kids because oh, you know I we have three, so we do like you know. <laughs> So it's like, and now they kind of help each other out. Now they're going, well, you haven't tried it yet. Like, now you have to do it. You know what I mean? They're like, who's going to do first? And so we do a little game out of it. But trying like one, I think that trying one piece, you know, one bite, at least one bite of everything. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to work on that because my, my second child, so my first son, he's so picky and he's so stubborn and no matter what I do and I'm I think I'm pretty fun like we're having like dance parties (laughs) and I'll be like really goofy and I'll stand on my head and I'll do like so many different things but he's just like nope I will not do that he'll run away he'll close his mouth he'll cry he'll do everything and no matter what I say he won't do it Um, and I went and I talked to the pediatrician and I was so worried about him because he's also really skinny and she said well what's he eating and I'm like well he eats you know oatmeal and tofu and and green smoothie and she's like stop That's just stop good. just like don't make a big deal about it he's gonna grow out of it yeah. um con- continue to offer she said to me just continue to offer don't make a big deal about it but i do think at some point what you're saying is like you just have to be like you know what this is the way that it's gonna be no you have to try it um and because i do think that some of us can can fall into the trap of offering too many things or being too kind about it and then they just stay in that comfort zone of not knowing and it's it's exactly what you said it's good food it tastes good it's not like we're giving them something that's like really gross it's delicious food and it's just this stubbornness or fear or texture maybe that they're just nervous to try something new it is and i think in a way too you know a little bit of society that we're in plays a part on that too you know because like we travel a lot and part of me doing that with my kids too is because you know, we go to so many other places around the world and places that don't have mm-hmm. as much as we have here, you know, and we get to see. And that's not even a that's not even a conversation. Right. What's in the plate is what you eat. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not a thing. Oh, I don't like this. Oh, take that out. Take that. It, it's it's not a talk. Right. You know what I mean? So it's a little bit of also making our kids resilient of, you know, I get it. If you, you know, we all had to throw up you know, throw up vegetables. We all had stuff that we don't like, but if it's just the basic things that shouldn't, that shouldn't be there. Right. Where's been the you toughest know? place to be with the kids or the, the place that was the most different from being at home? Hmm. I think Thailand. Hmm. Yeah, we went um, over there. We were there for three months, I think. Wow. Something like that. And um, 
we, you know, everything's so different. I mean, you know, the language, the colors, the culture, everything is very, very different. You know what I mean? And that's a place that you go, okay, yes, you don't have to eat this. You don't have to eat that because, you know what I mean, so far off of the spices and mm -hmm. all the stuff they put in. But, um, but they got into it, you know. But it was definitely like one of those adventures where... Everything was just so different than home. It was nothing. It was really was nothing that was like, oh yeah, that feels Familiar, like home, yeah. you know. And so we really, what we did is we really emerged into the culture. So we did a lot of adventures. That trip was fantastic. We went everywhere. We saw so many things. I ended up putting them on a plane and taking a a, a trip to Cambodia for two nights with just me and the kids oh and show other people and we just went and explore you know the temples and all that stuff i mean it's just you know you see the pictures of the trees on top of the temples and all of it it's amazing you know went down the river where people live in the river actually these floating homes and floating farms and all this stuff so we really really merged in the in the culture my son was like we went to so many buddhist temples and learned so much about that my son ended up wanting to shave his head and wearing oh like tie clothes the whole trip oh wow yeah, yeah that's that's the awesome. cutest thing. were you guys there working yeah yes, now were. that's something that alec and i talk about a lot um and it's something that i've i've seen him struggle with in terms of you know now that our oldest is five and our youngest is is eight months old um just in terms of the kinds of jobs that he will take um sort of where he thinks his career is going what kind of school our philosophy is like do do you pack them up do you homeschool them do we say okay no he's gonna find a job on tv and stay here because we're very we're a very close-knit family like we're always together yeah. um so he really struggles i see him say no to jobs all the time that is saying that he's gonna go away for three months because we and what what would your advice be um to us in in terms of that because I've, i've talked to some people who say you know homeschool it's great you know when we're when we're talking about the mona lisa we are in front of the mona lisa and they get to experience that and their parents are who their parents are and this is just part of their reality or is it better to create more of a typical childhood and have them have that structure um Well, let me start by saying that I'm no expert, right? Because I'm also just trying, yeah. as we all do as parents, uh, to do our best. But I do believe that you have to create the environment that's going to be best for your family and for your child. So whatever that is. So in my case, for me, it was like, okay, so we, we had always done that. So when Matthew goes to work, I've always gone with him. We've done that since we first started yeah. you know like since we first started so we've never really had been apart from each other in that sense um then when we started had kid having kids the babies we did the same thing mm -hmm. when they started getting older we got to school everybody all of our friends that you know done the stuff they're all like oh you know you're gonna have to stop you're not right. gonna be able to do what you're not gonna do and i was like well i'll find a solution you know i'll find a solution because i knew that that was important for our unit as right. a family because that's as how we your feel. family as you're saying our family is very close as yeah. well um So, and I knew that having my husband being away for three months and me and the kids and it's just, I have friends that do it and it worked beautiful for them, but for my personality, my kid's personality, my husband's personality just wouldn't work. Mm -hmm. So, um, I found a school and I also knew that homeschool was not going to be good for my kids. Right. 
I just knew that for their personalities as well. So I had to be creative. I think being creative and thinking outside the box. A lot of times we stay in this little, you know, package. Okay, it's got to be this or it's got to be that. Mm -hmm. Well, why can't it be something in the middle? Why Mm can't it be something out there? You know what I mean? So just thinking outside the box. So what I did was I went to, I found this amazing school that we love in Austin, Texas. Love, love this school. But it was more a traditional school, which, again, it was important for me because our life is so not structured when we are on the world that when we come home to have that structure, have them learn that was a big thing for me. So I found that school and I went to them and I said, listen, you know, love what you guys are doing here. I want to be part of the school with the kids. But, you know, this is our life. It's what we do and it's not going to change, you know. So I was like, you know, would you be open to working something I was something with me where we can you know have the kids here but take the kids out and at first they were like uh, we don't know what you're talking about you know we have our <laughs> reputation we don't want to you know things are doing great here we don't want to mess things up and I kept talking to them and talking to them talking to them and they finally came back and said listen if you're willing to like not take the responsibility but work with us and know that you know we've never done this before we don't know how it's going to be if it's going to work or not but if you're willing to work with us together then we're we're open to do so and i was like great so like the first year or two like i was the teacher and that was a disaster because (laughs) it was great when i didn't have anything else to do i was like yes i was I was a actually I was a really good teacher, <laughs> I must say so. But if I had anything else to do or you know to work with my husband or my job or anything, things will fall into the cracks right. mm-hmm. and it wouldn't have a routine. It's a lot and all of responsibility. Of that. It was a lot. So, so then we're like, okay, and it was a lot of the program was different. So we kind of through the years, kind of carved the program, and now it's something that it's more independent the kids can do on their own they don't have to have a teacher teaching it can just be somebody that is responsible to keep things in in track so i have the nanny help us and god bless that you know i found someone that used to be a teacher so i actually stole her from one of the schools (laughs) Um, but um but you don't even need that the program is kind of self-sufficient the kids can do it's hands-on but you also have it was really important for me to have the connection back to the classroom so they skype into the classroom and they get to be part of the classes as well. And they ask questions, they answer questions. And then at the end, they have some time with their friends. So they get to like oh, that's nice. share what they're yeah. doing, what they're doing. So when they come back into school, it's kind of like they're right back where they left, you know. Now, are they like the top, top of their class? No. Are they in the bottom? No. They're right in the middle. And some things are better than others. But they're doing really great at school. But the life experience that they're having. Right. And the fact that they are together with their family, right? to me, that's kind of, you know, the perfect balance. Do you know, something that that makes me think about just as, so our oldest is going to be going into kindergarten next fall. And something we've been thinking about through the process of all these applications and just like thinking through her future and her education is we're planning for kids who are going to graduate in what, 2035, 2036 you have no idea what the world is going to look like then. And it's actually, as I sit here and listen to you talk about the way your kids are going to have grown up and the resilience that they're going to have and the perspective they're going to have and the foundation in your family that they're going to have, there's actually, I would bet on those kids. I would bet on their ability to absorb or take on or adjust to whatever the future might 
present for them because I, you know I do I worry a lot about the fact that like in the past the the sort of prescribed things that you would do to be successful like you go to school and you get A's and then you go to college and you get A's and then you get a job whatever that might not be the reality anymore in 20 years so I think it's really interesting um hearing you know how how this sort of upbringing is really going to help shape your kids and maybe prepare them maybe even better for that reality but something else I really love is that and this is something John and I talked a lot about before we had kids was we wanted our children to be born and to come into our lives. And and knowing that our relationship, our marriage was really a critical feature of making sure that our family felt stable and happy. And I love that you and Matthew have figured out a way to like to support each other in your careers and to have the connection that you have as a couple really be the foundation of your family and your kids. You know, do they have a totally normal childhood? No. But they get a lot well, of benefits. Depends what you call it normal. Yeah. But but exactly, they get a lot. They their normal is what your family has Average, created as normal. Say. Yeah, yeah, and it um, depends what you call normal these days. You know, yeah. like two points of what you're saying is that like, you know, like for me, like a normal childhood would just be allow a kid to be a kid, mm-hmm. right? Independently mm-hmm. from where they are, what they you know they're doing, just allowing a kid to be a kid, you know, and going through the stages that they need to go. Mm-hmm. So. That I always make sure that that's happening, no matter what, right? Like, no matter what, that's what we're doing, right? Now, you know, I think, too, as you bring it up in terms of the apps and all those things like that, I think another, you know, if anybody that's listening is like, oh, okay, you know, maybe I'll try something, whatever, we'll come up with a version that works for them. Just remember that the the contact with humans the interaction with being around other kids, the interaction of, you know, again, like we do the FaceTiming and, you know, if we're going to a, a place that we are for a long time, I put them in school. So like we were just in London and they went to proper British school for two months. So you know what I mean? I like the, suit, the whole thing, you know That's what I mean? So like, good. They're like uh, doing the scooters in the uh. city, going to school, you know what I mean? So it's it's a combination, but making sure that, that human connection is happening no matter what. Yeah. Because in the world today, you can get a little too caught up on the technology, the technology, the technology, and then forget about that other side. You know, And it's beautiful about the program that I started with the school is that now is a curriculum. So all their kids are using oh, it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's are working. they are they able to make friends very easily when they go like when they went to British school for two months? Do they? You know, a soccer ball is the best way mm. you can get a kid. <laughs> <laughs> no matter where you go in the world, somebody will be playing soccer in the park. You know, it's a very international thing. And I'm from Brazil, so I grew up playing soccer. So they've been doing that since they were little. Um, yeah, they do. They do. It's, you know, and it's funny because sometimes we'll go back into places that we've been before and then we get to see those friends again, you know, that they've made. So it kind of we try to keep like some kind of connection with people. Are your kids bilingual? Uh, Not technically. Um, My oldest can speak Portuguese better than the other two. Uh, my mom used to live with me. So for the longest time, it was just me and my mom. I didn't have any nannies. And, you know, it was just her and I. So we worked together. We used to have this uh, handbag business. We did it for over 10 years. She's still doing it, actually. Um, and it was just her and I. So we worked together, and then we took care of the kids together. We kind of did everything together. Um, so when she was around living with us, like, you know, it was a lot of Portuguese back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then when she moved back to Brazil, I don't really have anybody in the house to speak Portuguese. So it's my fault because I've done a poor job on keeping that up. Um, but I actually just went to Brazil. I just flew back from Brazil now. 
And um, it was something I was reflecting on and how much I have to really put the effort to make it better because, you know, we go to the farms. My dad is like a farmer and miner in Brazil. So it's like we go is deep, deep inland. If they don't speak Portuguese, there's no communication. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> that. Like none of them do, you know. Um, so, yeah, so we need to put more effort in that. And my, my kids are bilingual, but I've been noticing as they get older and they go to school in English that it gets to be really difficult. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I no matter what, when they... When I talk to them, I have to talk to them in Spanish. And a lot of times they respond to me in English now. They didn't used to. Or That's what they do to me too. Or, yeah. um, and they understand absolutely every single thing that you're saying. So I just started, Carmen, my oldest, I just started her in a bilingual program. So she goes to school 90% in in uh, Spanish. That's really good. Which is good. really great. No, I love this school. It's in Brooklyn. I love this school. Um, and it's been really great because, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, once they, they want to be like their friends. And so they go to school and they're like, well, my friends speak English and I want to be like my friends. And so now I'm like, great, I will solve that problem. I'm going to make sure that all your friends speak <laughs> Spanish. <laughs> Fine. Selection. What else that are you going to bring my life? <laughs> Picky eating can't quite master that one, but I will make sure that you speak Spanish. You get- I mean, we'll, see, we'll see. It's still it's still a little bit of a it's a little bit of a challenge but um but yeah you just have to be like really firm and i have not been good at that i need to get better at that i i I get i start and then i lose you know like well it's hard because you naturally go to whatever language the person is speaking to you so it's like you know they'll i'll say to them something in spanish and then they respond to me in english and then i say in spanish and then maybe i'll put a couple words in english and then i find like five minutes later i'm like whoa 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 i'm speaking english to them now (laughs) well it's also like working out where it's like you'll be really good about it and you'll be seeing results and they'll be speaking more to you in spanish or in portuguese and then all of a sudden you're like you know, you're sick or you travel for a week yes. or whatever and then yes. you forget about it and then the muscles aren't there anymore yeah. and then, you know, it's just way harder to get back yeah. into or, it. Or what a lot of people do, and I don't know if you ever tried this with your kids, is I will say to them, I don't speak English. <laughs> I've tried that I before. I don't speak English. And then it's funny because they actually believe you for when they're like really little and they're like Aww. two and three years old. They're like, oh, okay, you got to talk to your mommy in this way. And then they realize that that's just not true at all. Yeah, your kids are more <laughs> like, stubborn I don't than understand. you are now. I don't, yeah, exactly. I don't understand what you're saying. They're like, mommy, I just heard you talk with her. <laughs> I remember when Carmen was like, I don't know. She started talking really early, but she was like maybe like a year and a half or two. And, um, and she said, mommy, daddy only speaks English was like this moment of like realizing like not all of the world speaks more than one language. Uh, um, so it's actually very helpful because we can always talk behind his I know. Secret languages are so nice. Or in front nice. of his back. That's why I want to learn Serbian so that uh, we have our little secret no, language. He, all the time he's like, what did you guys say? And I said, I love you so much and I think that you are the best husband ever. And he's like, really? I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I do like to start their day with Brazilian music though. Oh, that's fun. I wake them up with the Brazilian music. You have to have some, yeah. some of that. We have dance parties every single night, yeah. and so and they uh, they love to listen. It's really funny right now. They're really into Paso Doble, which is like really really funny. See, yeah, we <laughs> have like a weird um, mi gente fascination happening in my group. <laughs> I don't, literally at any hour of any day, you will come in my house, and and there will only be like Enrique Iglesias, like, <laughs> mi gente. My, and my son, I mean, it's so cute. Oh, he has this God. hilarious little like hip wiggle that he does. It's it's not from me. I don't so, know. See, 
honestly, that's the one thing that I'm like, uh-uh, this has to change. It's the dance, because I'm Brazilian. <laughs> I was going to say. And when I see some of the, like, I mean, it's so, I'm like, mm-mm, we got it. hips, come on. Like, we've been working on this thing with them. I was like, can't. Uh-uh. You should create, like, a kid's dance class. Like, I know, kid right? Zumba a kid Zumba class. A kid Zumba, yeah, you know. No kidding. No oh kidding. Gosh. All right, mothers, mother of boys. Because you have one girl and two boys, correct? Yes. Okay. So my boys, I've got, th- I have three boys. One, but one of them's really little, so he like doesn't really count yet. <laughs> but um, but it, the other two just go at each other. Like I mean, they're really close together, fourteen months apart. So yours, your daughter is in the middle. Yes. Okay. So you have a little bit more of a span between them, but there is a a different energy at least with my boys, that there's just an aggression that they have. And sometimes it's a loving aggression. Yeah. Like Rafa will come up to me and he just loves me so much that he just squeeze me or wax me or something like that. And I'm like, Rafa, what are you doing? He's like, I love you so much. <laughs> but I'm Such a passionate te- exactly, Very passionate. And I'm just trying to oh teach gosh. him to be soft and calm. How do you teach peace to your boys? <laughs> Good luck you with figured that. It out. Well, I'm thinking, I'm sitting here thinking about both your husbands. I'm like, hmm, how do we teach our husbands to <laughs> and mine too? How do I teach him patience and calmness and then teach my boys this? <laughs> oh, man, that's a tricky one. So for me, like my oldest, like he's very calm and sensitive and chill. Like he couldn't, I mean, I had to tell him like, after like you know what I mean like so many times I'm like you can fight back but like it's okay like you're not gonna go hitting somebody but if somebody's hurting you you fight back you don't just lay there and and let them do it you know um and he still can't really do it like he's just so like he can't you know he's that kind of kid that he sees an animal he's got this thing with animals so like all the animals love him he can you know, catch lizards and snakes and stuff. And he just, the minute they get on his hand, they just got get calm and they just wow. stay. So he's got that. Yeah. So he can't, you know, he can't hurt an ant. You know what I mean? So he's just, he's calm. But my youngest is completely the opposite. I mean, he is that child. <laughs> I mean, I don't know where it came from, but he's just, he's got that, you know, like that energy on him. And he's always been like that since he's a baby. I remember, like, you know, if I was late to breastfeed him for, like, five, couple minutes, whatever. Angry. He would be, like, screaming like somebody just drop him. You know what I mean? And he's completely fine. He's just like, I want it now. <laughs> and, then as, and then as soon as you nurse him, he's, like, done. It's like, like turning a light off. He's yeah. Like, no. okay. Oh, exactly. Good. That's no, the right. first thing mm-hmm. I noticed, the difference between my oldest is a girl, my second is a boy, too. I, I, there was... The needs were limited. I need to be fed, but it has to be exactly when I'm hungry. Yeah. I need to be put to sleep exactly when I'm tired. <laughs> I need to have my diaper changed immediately. When, yeah. you know. But I mean, very, very simple needs, but there was absolutely no it's patience. It's very clear. And there was no ramp up. It was zero to 60, yes. zero to 90. That's <laughs> exactly my yeah. youngest. My youngest yeah. is like that. So I've been trying different things, you know, and, and anybody. Do you meditate with them? Do you, what do you do to like soothe them? Yeah, I mean, I'm taking tips as well, guys. But, you know, I'll tell you the things that I tried. So I've tried. I did try to do a little meditation um, that only worked for a little bit. Mm-hmm. After a while, there is just done. Um, but we're going to get back into it because, again, when things don't work, I like to give a little space and then get back into right. it. Because in my Definitely. experience, I've learned that some things come back around and work really great. 
So we actually just had this conversation about the stretch and the meditation because we used to do a, right when we wake up a nice stretch and we would get silly stretch mm-hmm. too, you know, would be silly doing it and then do a little meditation like before bed. So we actually just talked about it last week that we're going to start doing it again. Um, so I tried that. It worked for a little bit. Um, I tried getting a, um, you know, one of those boxing punching bags. Mm-hmm. And I have that hanging in the place that, you know, just any time that he gets, like, aggressive, I'm like, go punch that. You know what I mean? Like, go get it out. That's go what we do. Out. We do punching pillows. Um, I got one of those just because this was like mommy fail. So I got the one that goes on the ground that you have to put sand in. And yes. I got the one on the thing. And I didn't realize they when they hit it. Mine are, again, little kids. They comes back and hits <laughs> <laughs> oh, right back down. I quickly put it away. But I think my kids are maybe just a little bit too young, too young for it. it. They were, like, hit it and they were, like, yeah. knock them over not good anyway go ahead but one thing that really helped consistent is that once the little one was able to get into sports and some kind of like uh, you know we did jujitsu so some mm. people do karate or you know martial arts or something like that my went into jujitsu and that really helped i really saw a major difference especially mm-hmm. with the wrestling so now a lot of times they do wrestling mm. so instead of hitting and biting and i mean he would literally grab you know baseball bats and run after his brother like you know i'm going to you know what is yeah. going on uh, you know and he you see in his face he would look like i'm going to beat you yes. up you yes. know what i mean like uh, it's, i was like a little bit scary i was like what's going on with this child um so you know like doing that sport, like it really, really helped him. I saw a major difference. So I think mm. doing some form of martial arts or jujitsu, whatever it is that you have accessible to you to help them get that energy out and know how to channel that energy mm-hmm. to where, okay, I have that energy. It's not a lot of parents try to put it down. You right. can't put it down. If you have a child that has that energy, they have it. So it's more about guiding them on how to channel, how to use that energy right. in a better way. I think you're a hundred percent right. I went to talk to somebody recently about this because it's been so on my mind um, because of the same thing. I mean, are my boys just like, they're like dogs. They just go at each other. Everything is totally fine. And all of a sudden they just like go at each other and there's like player pulling. Sometimes there's blood. I mean, like it's really, really, really bad sometimes. And, and then they're fine. Like nothing happened. They walk away and they like love each other and hug each other and kiss each other. And, you know, some people will say, oh, boys will be boys, which I hate that thing. And then they'll also say, well, just boys are, there's an aggression that they have. And, you know, the energy, there is there is a certain energy that I think that that typical boy that we're talking about, I mean, for lack of saying it in a better way, nobody nobody jump at me for saying it that way, um, but the more stereotypical boy, I should say, um, that it that it simply is energy. And if you give them an outlet for it, you know, we've started swimming, you know, you're talking about martial arts, which I've I've been trying to find a place nearby that does it for such little kids. I have yet to I have yet to find that. Jujitsu usually do it Jiu-Jitsu? younger than okay, that's what I found. Because I was looking at the other kinds and they were yeah. like, Oh, you had to be a certain like age. Five or five up. Yeah. yeah. But the jujitsu I was able to find some places that did it earlier. But even last night when they're like going at each other, I'll um I'll, I'll, I'll make them, because I'm a yoga teacher, I'll make them do yoga. And I'll just, like, come, out of desperation, I'll be like, monkey pose. And it's not even something. And I'll just, like, 
like raise a leg up or do something and then all of a sudden they're like okay let's do that and then I'm like okay warrior and cat pose and we just like start doing and it's just like a destruction and a challenge I think I think look I think everyone gets frustrated I think little my experience with little boys is sometimes it's harder for them to regulate it's harder for them to deal with that frustration to vocalize it or to channel it appropriately and I think that's really fun you make it a a little bit of a competition a little bit of a challenge and a play a way for them to excel like right. get better and better each time they do that I think that makes a lot of sense distraction works really good distraction's yes. awesome it's I'm really a good it's better to distract than try to argue yes. you know but I do think that one thing that is important too is also to take the time to explain to them mm-hmm. you know what that and taking the time you know with parenting that is the hardest thing to really yeah. taking the time constantly to make them understand okay do this you know even like the other day I told my two oldest because they were doing something and they were doing good but I wanted them to do great and I kind of interrupted them and kind of showed them you know and I could tell they got a little irritated and I just said you know just know that I'm doing that so you guys can do it great the next time you do it and I explained to them why and the light bulb in the head went Oh, okay. So then all of a sudden they're not annoyed with me anymore mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. I do it. They're like, oh, thank you, mama, because then I'm going to make this this better and faster. And I'm going to have more time to play later. Da, da, da. Right. So like they kind of understand. So when we're talking about hitting and the aggression, I think it's also important to make them as doesn't matter how little they are. You start talking because you'd be surprised what they take in even as little. Right. We all know that as parents, but really taking the time to make them understand what that means what that causes to others how would they feel if it was you you know what I mean and this and that but also and all always end on a positive positive note so like my little one when he does that I always make him go to his brother and give him a hug give him a kiss and look him in the eye and really apologize and in the beginning he was just like I don't like doing that I don't want to do that and the hug was like you know just to touch an elbow, you know, touch a shoulder, you know, but like, no, like you have to do it right kind of thing. And then now he's, now he like already knows and he does. It also makes it okay in that regard. Like people make mistakes, they mess up, we forgive each other. You can, you can grow past this. Like there's something very, um, again, just growth oriented and, and stabilizing. And I love that. And that, again, going back to, I think for all of us, family is the most important thing. It's where we pour all of our energy. Um, and I think knowing that your, your unit is indestructible in that way. And, you know, you keep the life alive. Um, I want you. I want you to tell us a little bit about women of today, your website and lifestyle yeah. brand, and and why you felt it was so important to put all this content together for women. Um, tell us about it. Yeah, thank you for asking. Um, you know, women of today, it's like it's like a passion of mine. It's that thing that you know, just talking about it, I'm like, God, smile. I know she does. She's all, she's grinning here to you. So cute. Yeah, just smile. You know what I mean? It makes me happy. I'm. Um, you know, I started once. I I'll give you a little bit of the backstory, but basically. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier that I had this handbag business with my mom. You know, mm-hmm. we sold that QVC. I used to be a life on QVC, selling bags and doing all this stuff. And then when the third child came along, it became like very hard and complicated to do all these things. And the business changed and all of that. So I stepped away and I had that moment of like, you know what? Like, you know, I used to always see my girlfriends like you know, nails done, put together. And I'm always like (laughs) the crazy person, you know, running around. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to like take a moment and and I'm just going to be at home. I'm just going to be at home and I'm not going to do anything work-wise for a minute, you know? 
we've been blessed enough, we've worked hard enough and all of it. I'm just going to take a minute to do that. And what I learned is that that's not my nature. It's nothing wrong with being a stay-at-home mom. That's a really, really hard job. But I just, my energy, I need, I have too much energy in me. I have to get out in a certain way. And I, you know, I was raised, like, can we start working so early? So it's all I know how to, you know, how to do with my extra energy. Maybe when I get older, I'll find a different way, you know what I mean? <laughs> but i smarter, I don't know. But um, it's just, well, you know, I've just worked since so early in my life, since very, very young. Even, like, when we were in Brazil, like, little ones on our vacation, like, to earn our stuff, we used to have to work on the farm, you know? So it's like, so I couldn't, I became that person, so that, you know, that crazy the crazy parents that you run away in the parking lot because they're so <laughs> obsessed with everything is so important when it's not really. I kind of became that person. And I was like, oh my gosh, Find this it. is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. My husband's like, whoa, who is this person? And I was like, I need to do something to get, you know, channel my energy, talking about channel energies, right? Um, and the one thing that I love to do, it's lifestyle things. I mean, I am the person that wakes up at five in the morning and go to the flower market with the wholesalers and buy the stuff and does all the flower arrangements and do it for my friends parties you know the do all the kids projects and activities and the cooking that, that, that. so I do all of that it is my nature so I just started to be I took a moment to go what does Camilla love to do you know I had to have that time out moment because I was doing you know the handbag business I kind of started more for my mom and my family something I liked but it wasn't really you know what I had passion in my core mm-hmm. then I was doing something else all these other things that I was doing it was more like things that either came along or it was for somebody else and it wasn't really what does Camilla love to do and at that moment I was like that is my I love doing that like so I didn't have a book to sell I didn't have a product to sell or anything like that I just started doing it and started going on shows and just sharing like my main goal was if I can make any woman's life easier with anything I achieve my goal because it's hard enough being us we got enough crap excuse my English in our plate we got to deal with a lot so if I can teach you how to fix your hair in a way that it's easy and simple and you walk out the door a little bit more confident great if I can teach you how to prep dinner in a way that you can handle if you never cooked before if you did awesome whatever that is you know what I mean so I started doing those things and it was more and naturally kind of at first it wasn't much in cooking but it kind of naturally just went that way um and then what I realized after a while is that it kind of grew into a thing but it didn't have a home for it and people were asking and asking I was like well I don't know and people were going like you know what's your business plan I was like I don't have a business plan I'm just doing this thing because I love doing it you know so um, I created a home. So, you know, it was women, you know, women of today. That was the name from the beginning. Um, it's been many years that we've been doing. And really the moment that I was like, okay, I have to do this is that I also realized that I travel all, all over the world and all over the country. And and I'm from Brazil. And what I see in this other countries when I'm living at those places, you know, because a lot of times, like I'll say Thailand, three months, two months, here and when I see in those places is to have that, they, women have a community in a lot of other cultures mm-hmm. that in America is not really there. So it's growing now. But when I first started, that was not, it didn't exist. You had your close friend right. that you talked to, 
your mom or but that was it. it the conversation wasn't an open conversation about hey what do you know how did you learn how did you deal with that it wasn't really open many years ago when i started this so the whole purpose of the site was to not just share lifestyle things but just to really create this community where we're learning from each other so it's not about hey i'm camilla and this is how you should do this it's not that it's more about hey i learned this somebody taught me this it worked for me what did you learn from somebody that you can share with us and then we share back you this know what is I mean? exactly what we're doing here too. Exactly. Yeah. That's why Mom Brain felt important to us for exactly that reason. Because there's the metaphorical village that everyone always talks about that I think in the rest of the world in many places still exists. That women are in yeah. a lot of what they're doing together. And they have each other to rely on and learn from and feel supported by and have fun with. Mm-hmm. Because look, a lot of what we do can feel repetitive or exhausting, difficult. There are challenges. But... There are millions of women who've done it before us and millions who will do it after us. And we can learn from each other. And that's I love that. That's exactly what we try to do here. That's awesome. And then also creating experiences. That's another side side of the site that I'm very passionate about it. I'm I'm usually the kind of person like if I can choose giving a gift, I'm usually going to try to give an experience instead of a gift, a a thing. Right. Um, Because I think that experiences, you can't take that away no matter what happens. Right. So um, we try to do experiences. So we do give. We do a lot of giveaways. We do trips. Wait, what's your we favorite do... hostess gift? I, now I'm like very curious about your gifting strategy. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> um, so my favorite hostess gift, like if I'm going to somebody's home yeah. for the first time, yeah, uh, Classia Zoo tequila. Oh, oh, yum. That's the, the big, rep- tall, white bottle with the blue thing. Yes. yes. So it's hand-painted. The bottle is it's hand-painted. It's beautiful. It's got a great presentation. But also what's inside is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I love how quickly she said that. She's really just like new tequila. immediately. No, she knows. She knows. <laughs> no, I have it my go-to. And then if you know, if you don't want to spend, you know, it's not, you know, it's a little expensive. So, But they have the little, the smaller bottles mm-hmm. that you can find. And those are cheaper. Um, but yeah, that would be... And I found a place like this website that does like a, a basket. So when it's like really special, oh, then I make so a basket nice. with it. So. I feel like a customized gift basket is the, like I used to do that. Um, I would do. I mean, I'm really big into vitamins and like products and healthy things, and whatever. So I would do a whole thing of like vitamin D and I would put some you know Manuka honey lozenges yeah. in. And then I also put a chocolate bar and like my favorite candle or whatever. I would just do that. And I feel like to your point. People want either an experience like a muffin that they can have the next morning after everyone goes home or something kind of fun and thoughtful that way or a taste of you. And I feel like yeah. that the class of Azul does both of that for you. And you feel like such an adventure bunny to me. I feel like your whole life has been this wonderful um, being willing to take risks and like run at future opportunity and just like be fearless. I mean, you moved to the States. You were a kid. It feels like, I mean, 18, I was, 19. I was 15. 15. Wow. I was 15. <laughs> so, and I don't speak. A, I didn't speak a word of English That's when wild. I moved here. A word. I all I spoke was, "Hi, how are you? Um, my name is Camilla. Sorry, I don't speak English. <laughs> no, and I know how to say. How much is this? Yeah, that's important. Because I'll go to and the store. The like, how much is this? I don't even think I knew how to say that. <laughs> but what is the next big adventure on your horizon? Um, you know, right now uh, we're working hard on Yummy Spoonfuls. We're we're doing some very exciting things there. Um, cause that's really important to us. And then focusing more on women of today, like we, we hit a point now where it's like, we did our first pop-up event. We're doing another one at the end of, um, of, um, 
uh, March and April, which you guys are welcome to come oh, if you want to come to if you want to come to Texas. I do breakfast uh, tacos, line them up. Yes. <laughs> um, so really focusing on that and growing the experience part of it because I'm really like women are really asking and hungry for. It. You'd be surprised how much the little things make a difference on them. So I'm like focusing on that. Um, we have the Just Just Keep Living Foundation, which is Matthew and I's foundation we've been doing for a very long time, too. So that's growing. The ne- next big thing we have, we have a big event in Austin, Texas. We have um, concert. We have a, I put a fashion show together there for over wow. 300 women. Monique Lulier is designer this year. Oh, my goodness. Um, and then I have a couple of things that, you know, are up my sleeve. But... I'm a bit superstitious, so I don't like to talk about <laughs> I hear that. it. I totally hear that. I don't like talking about it. Into you know, it's a, a mix of superstition, but also like doing so many things I've done in my life where you like, it's done, it's happening. You talk about it, and it's like, no, yes. never mind, it's not happening. So, <laughs> like, well, we have to we have to end, but before before we do, we love to do something here where we get people to say the one thing that's changing their life right now. It's usually a product. It could be like a face cream, a nail polish, a deodorant, uh, whatever. It's something that you love that you'd want to share with the world. Something. Okay, let me think here for a second. Let me think for a second. Okay, so is this? Um, I use this scrub. It's called Twenty Three Skin. Mm-hmm. That I'm all about. You know, I'm a big, big passion about keeping things without chemicals and pesticides and heavy metals. It's part of my mission of really trying to change that. And um, I use this scrub, which is literally you buy the container and it's just seaweed, but it has a recipe where you make it yourself at home. Ooh. So you kind of customize of how you like it, the scent you like and all of that. And I'm telling you, the thing works. Wow. Like it works wonders Amazing. in your skin. What's it called again? 23 Skin. 23 Skin. I hope I'm saying it right. I'm horrible at names. <laughs> <laughs> and where can we follow you and where can we find you? Okay, you find me at I am Camilla Alves or at Women of Today. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes, thank you guys. So great chatting with thank you. Thank you. This is a fact. All right, that was Camilla Alves McConaughey. I, I really feel like you, Alari, especially took um, took away a lot from the conversation around how she and Matthew navigate schooling and being able to like travel with him when he so that he doesn't just say no to jobs that he really wants to say yes to. But how do you I mean? How, how do you make sense of that for your family with lots of young kids in school? Yeah, it's something that we you know think about a lot at home um, of just sort of what our what our future is going to be like and and you know whether whether you it's a, a job like my husband has where he's you know an actor and um, and has just this very irregular work schedule or it's just the average person I mean I think that we all find ourselves trying struggling how much do we conform to quote-unquote normality and and sort of going on the conveyor belt and how much do we step back and say hey what works for our family and whether that's through a big um, thing like schooling or nutrition or you know some kind of philosophy Mm -hmm. I think that she really at least taught me a lot about just you know taking a step back inside your nuclear family and sort of being like, hey, what works for us? So I'm actually really excited to go home tonight and, and chat about it with Alec and have like new new uh, points of view to, yeah. to bring home. Now it's time for our favorite scene. Yes! 
y ahora es el momento <ríe> por tus favoritas cosas. Tus cosas favoritas. And now it's time for our favorite things. We can do it in lots of different voices. I love And your now, okay, mine today is actually my lips. I don't know, Daphne, if you can tell that my lips are like super chapped and I am a outside runner mm-hmm. all year round. And I also am a lip biter. Not like I like chew too much, but I definitely no, but if lick. No, there's dead skin. You I like want to get my it lips. off. Yep. I lick my lips a lot. If I have lipstick on, it only lasts for like a I know. short I am that person that eats five pounds of lipstick yes, a year. Yes, I know. yes, yes. Hopefully it's we find out that it will like make us last and live forever. <laughs> It'll be great. It's a preservative. Exactly. It is the fountain of youth, eating mm-hmm. lipstick. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have been using um, lip scrubs because then the problem is that Then I have to work and I have to put lipstick on, um, which is usually the only time I put lipstick on. And then you have that like really like unattractive caked on lipstick look. So lip scrubs are really great. And there's um, there's one by Tarte that I really like. And there it comes in two different ways. It comes in like a little um, like a little round jar, mm-hmm. tiny little round jar, almost like, you know, the little Blistex mm-hmm. um little tub of it that you can get at like a drugstore um, and you just put it on and it's just like a little scrub you put it on and then you mush it around and it kind of kind of like clear up some of your dead skin um, and then there's another one that comes in a stick I brought that with me today and I just keep on like lathering it on um, and my lips are a lot better than they look this morning I also like don't plan ahead I'm like oh I have to work today and I should have started this like two days ago and then I would have been fine. But like by the time I'm done with work today, my lips are going to look great. Fabulous. Fabulous. I make a version of that at home actually just with coconut oil and sugar. See? Yeah. And then you can just... It tastes like that. It, it tastes really good. Speaking good. of eating things off of our lips, it tastes really good. It probably is that. Um, but no, I, I do. And then in a, in a real pinch, I'll just brush my lips. Like if I'm in the hotel room and I know I have to put lipstick on, I'll brush my lips with my toothbrush. Oh, that's really yeah. smart. Oh, I've um, tried that. But, uh, but I know. Rough lips and dry lips. It's just Yeah, such as the winter in New York. Okay, so my favorite thing this uh, week is actually a little bit different for me. Um, so the ki- I love to travel. I travel a lot with my kids. I'm always looking for fun things to throw in my purse, or um, and this is great for going out to restaurants too, or um, or in my uh, in their little like rolly bags and things. Um, and one thing that I've started bringing. So we used to bring all this paper, and like they would you know tear the paper apart and they'd color on it, and then they leave it in the plane, or they lose it, or they wouldn't have any left. So I. I've started buying these. Um, it's from Field Artist. It's their Master's Series five inch by five inch square watercolor journal. And the beauty of this is it's, I mean, literally, it's a five inch by five inch square. It's small. And so I can tuck it in my purse and bring it to restaurants and things like this with me. And I, each of the kids, have, well, Philo and John have their own. Nika doesn't really color yet. Um, and it keeps all their drawings in one place. So it's letting me do two things that I really love. One is it's teaching them not to just like do a line on a page and move to the next page, which drives me crazy. I feel like it's so wasteful. But it also, because I tell them to like, you know, use all the surface. But it also lets me keep all their drawings in one place so I, I don't that. lose it. Um, because I I feel like so many of their drawings, I, I go to frame them, I go to save them, and they're just they just disappear in the the vortex black hole that is my family, you know, and my life um, slash home. So in any case, it's been really great, and they're it's hardcover, so and it's watercolor sheets, and they definitely have like regular sketch pad ones too, but. 
I went for the watercolor ones because they're much more durable. So especially for like hard coloring, you know, with markers and things, it holds up. But if you have watercolors, my my daughter Philo loves loves painting. She's such a little artist, and um, and so we'll I bring like a little you know Crayola watercolor set with us too, and that's super fun at restaurants because it doesn't stain anything. Right. Um, and so they'll like go painting along and coloring and all their little magic t- things, and they love it. And I buy them. Um, I buy them pretty much once every like once every three months, and. And um, that's about as, as long as it takes them to like fill up the book to my satisfaction. <laughs> can I tell you, can I do another one for this one? Yeah. I, I'm going to because I wouldn't like actually use this as like a full favorite thing, but it like, or kind of reminds me of like when you said, you know, doesn't make a mess at a restaurant. Yeah. I'm always thinking about like when I leave a place, I want to make sure that we're not like that family. Yes. That it's just like disaster, disaster. disaster. So we take, we're in New York, we'll take taxis and Ubers. And I try to have my kids not eat in the backseat, but sometimes they need a snack yeah. and then I'm like really like conscientious of crumbs but sometimes there are going to be crumbs so I was like is there such thing as a mini dust buster I have one in our car okay but it's not that mini it's it looks like a dust buster okay so I looked it up on Amazon a mini mini There's mini a mini one it's the cutest oh thing gosh, in the you're world me. it's the cutest thing in the world and if guys please please write in if there's something that is not with a cord because it does have a cord but you can plug it into like a USB yes which a lot of cars have so then I haven't used it yet but my theory is like Leo was eating a piece of a croissant and then there was like that like flaky, you know, that little flaky yeah. thing and I felt so bad and I was using wipes and the guy was like it's okay trust me this isn't big and I was like no I must leave your car spotless it was like probably cleaner than it was when I <laughs> got in there when I was leaving but my idea was like excuse me sir one second while I take out my tiny oh, tiny tiny dust gosh. buster plug that it into his, his car jack and then clean the back seat see I can't use it as my favorite thing yet because I haven't used it yet <laughs> but I'm just waiting to the point where like my kids are going to snack in the back of a taxi cab and then I get to take this three inch teeny tiny dust buster. It's the most magical thing in the world. So I own it and, I, and stay tuned for me to be using it. Oh, and then so I really hope that the driver appreciates it because if they don't say anything, I'll be really disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks guys for listening. Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and please, please, please email us mombrainpod at gmail.com. Until next time. Thank you guys. This is MomBrain with Alaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. MomBrain is a Gallery Media Group production.